Welcome to the LU Moment. I'm Daniel McLemore, the Associate Director of Marketing at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase all the events, activities, programs, and people that make Lamar University such an amazing place to be. We're wrapping up our commencement ceremonies over the weekend. More than 2,000 students have been awarded degrees at Provost Humphrey Stadium, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Being able to host these commencements uh, physically on campus has brought back some sense of normalcy, and it's been amazing to see, really. Uh, there's a, a few fun statistics that about this semester's graduates. So there's 2,056 total this weekend. They come from 21 different countries outside the United States, 36 states other than Texas, and 344 cities and towns inside Texas. This is a great reminder about the impact of Lamar University, and not just here in the local community, but around the state and the country. We talked last week with Shannon Figueroa, the Director of Alumni Affairs at Advancement Services. Shannon talked with us about all the various events the Alumni Office hosts throughout the year, from tailgate parties to pregame receptions and to class reunions and uh, even the Distinguished Alumni Awards. If you're a graduate of Lamar University, we encourage you to get involved. There are nearly 100,000 alumni living and working in every field imaginable in 67 different countries every state in the U.S., and every county in Texas. Last week, OU Athletics hosted the third annual Cardinal Choice Awards, where student-athletes and Spirit Squad members were recognized for their team and individual performances. Awards were announced virtually and streamed live online. LU handed out 21 awards recognizing their great plays, players, and academic performance that identified the 2020-2021 season for the Red and White. Congratulations to all the nominees and winners. So on the show this week, we're talking about Le Grand Ball. This event is traditionally hosted in the spring each year, but was not able to happen last year due to the pandemic. Well, this year, it's back. On Friday, May 21st at 6.30 p.m., the College of Fine Arts and Communication is inviting everyone to join this virtual live stream event honoring Sandra Clark and David Cargill. We're talking today with Kim Steinhagen, one of our amazing development officers in advancement, as well as a co-chair of the Public Art Committee here at LU. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. So give me a little bit of an overview of what Le Grand Ball is and what we can kind of expect this year. Well, to give you an idea, of, this will be different. In the past, what we've always done is have a great fun party surrounding a theme that uh, the chairs come up with each year. And we usually have around 400 people for that event. It's a live event with live music and entertainment. We usually have a performance by the theater and dance department. Um, it's just a great fun party. This year, obviously, will be different. We can't throw a party virtually. But we've decided to make it an, more of an educational event. And when we talk to um, the people in the College of Fine Arts and Communication, one of the things that came up that was so interesting was how they've learned to create art, whether it's music or do dance or theater, um, or to perform music during the pandemic. Yeah. So it's fascinating how creative these professors have been and how responsive the students have been. So we thought we would do a Q&A with each department. We have one professor and one student from each department who will come and do a little question and answer about how they've learned create fine arts during the pandemic. Yeah, it's, be re it's really had to been completely reinvented, really, uh, how how learning happens in a pandemic. Exactly. So, uh, and and it's, it's interesting, too, because there's so much hands-on that goes into a, an art degree, 
and the ability to, to quickly on a dime change that to online, I'm sure was was tough. It's been a challenge. It's been interesting to talk to the professors. And I think it was easier for some than others. And we'll find out more about that at the event. Great. We great. will also have some, um, part of this will be live, that portion of it. And we'll also have some pre-recorded segments, including uh, some performances. Okay. And this is on the 21st? 21st this is this Friday at 6.30. Yes, uh, at 6.30. This, yes. Uh, so what about, uh, what about, uh, typically there's a, a nice dinner, right? Yes. Um, we are offering dinner to our patrons, um, $2,500 and up. Those donors would get a complimentary dinner, but dinners are also available from Catherine and company. Uh, the deadline is passed, but, um, we could probably still squeeze you in if you call Catherine. Gotta know and somebody, <laughs> right? <laughs> give me a call. I'll see what I can yeah, do. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, so a little bit of a, a history of this event, uh, you know, it typically happens in the spring yes. and it, like you said, there's, you know, 400 people or so that show, I, I've been to one of them recently, a couple years ago, and it was fantastic. It was just, there was party atmosphere, just fantastic. And, uh, I, I believe that was the one when we had just opened the Setzer Center too. We've had two in the Setzer Center and, um, 2018 and 2019 and, that required a reinvention of the entire event. It had always been held in the Montaigne Center before, and that space is so cavernous, it's hard to decorate. And when we moved it to the Setzer Center, it just took on a little bit different environment. People were a little more tightly packed, but it allowed for more interesting decor, and we've, we've learned how to use that space. So hopefully we'll be back there again next year. I think we have a, a date of March twenty second, twenty twenty. No, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty two. Oh, awesome! That's great. Um, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the the Friends of the Arts. It, they they started this event in nineteen seventy five. Yes. Wow. And the Friends of the Arts organization was formed in nineteen seventy three, and the purpose of that organization is to raise money for the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and those funds are used. Um, for a lot of different uh, resources for the colleges. Basically what the dean does is a lot, a certain amount to each department, depending on how much we raise with the ball each year. And the money can be used at the discretion of department chairs. Some use it for recruiting new students. Some use it for scholarships. I know we have uh, refurbished one of the Steinway pianos with help from the Friends of the Arts. We've brought in visiting professors. The kids have been able to take trips. We've bought art supplies. So really, whatever the department chairs needs, that they, they need, this is an extra source of funding for them. And, and a lot of times we, we hear the word art or arts in general, and we think, oh, art that hangs on a wall or, you know, a sculpture. But really, we're talking more than just that. Absolutely, because we have, as I mentioned, three departments. We have the music department, and that includes the, the band, the marching band, so they benefit from this, and, of course, all the, the choir and the choral uh, opera. That's a huge department. We have the fine arts that you mentioned, which are the visual arts, so that's sculpture. We've now changed the name of the department to the Department of Art and Design, so we have a graphic design department there as well, or a section and then theater and dance, which is a combined department, but that's pretty. That department has been growing in recent years. It really has, yeah. And uh, they just had their show uh, last week, week before, and it was it was an amazing show. They they were able to really take the the pandemic and and make it visually appealing and and really kind of 
tell a story through it too. So and Golden Wright will be one of our MCs for this event, so you'll hear firsthand how he's had to adapt with his students. He's been very creative. It's 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 been amazing to watch, just kind of a, a fly on the wall, just seeing how these reinvented concepts of education have happened. So uh, let's talk about our honorees this year. So okay. uh, Sandra Clark and David Cargill. Uh, if you just read even just a little bit about either one of them, it's pretty easy to see why they're deserving of this designation. Absolutely. Uh, Sandra is our community honoree. Sandra is a, an attorney with Mahaffey Weber. She is a huge supporter of the arts across Southeast Texas. Uh, just at Lamar, she is our current Friends of the Arts board president. She has chaired Le Grand Ball twice. She's on the foundation board here. She's endowed a chair for the Dean's Discretionary Fund. She has a scholarship in music that she's created. Um, she is a past president of the Art Museum of Southeast Texas. She's on the symphony board. She's on the foundation board at Trinity United Methodist Church, where she also sings in the choir. So she is a tremendous supporter of the arts. Incredibly we all well. appreciate and love Sandra. Awesome. And then what about uh, what about David Cargill? And David, David is in his 90s. He is an institution in Belmont. He has created so many fabulous sculptures in this community. There's a sculpture called Men of Vision on the grounds of the Art Museum of Southeast Texas. There's a sculpture at City Hall. He's done the Stations of the Cross at St. Stephen's Chapel. Um, he's done, our, of course, our Mirabeau Head here in the center of campus and the main quad. He's got pieces in Houston. And he's two years ago, we showed his work at the Dishman Art Museum. And he has an upcoming exhibition at the Art Museum of Southeast Texas that will open in June. That's amazing. And uh, I did see he had a few pieces that he donated for the, the art uh, yes, sale as well. Yes, we do have an art auction. Oh, it's not an art auction this year. It's an actual <laughs> an art sale. We had to revise that a little bit. It's a small. Um, we only have, I think, about 19 pieces. But there are still some available, including one of David's bronze pieces. And you can see that on our website. Um, it's lamar.edu slash Ball, which is also how you will access the, the live event. And... Uh, David also donated one of the works by his late wife, Patty. It's a painting, and it's a painting of the Plummer Building here on campus. Really nice painting. And we will have those pieces up for display at the Dishman, I believe, um, probably this week. Great, great. And uh, it's it's just amazing to see the the different people who have donated or participated in that, that sale already. Uh, and there's there's a few pieces left. I did see. Yes, but we do have a few left. A couple of faculty pieces left. Prince Thomas and Kurt Deerhog have really nice works. And Donna Meeks, our department chair. So let's talk about the future of Le Grand Ball after this event. You mentioned that that it's happening next year already. I, I assume with this being an institution of you know since 1975 that there's a, a rich history and a, a rich future of this as well, right? Absolutely. We are, I think everyone is ready to get back to an in-person event. And we had we had tried everything we could to do something in person. Kara and Zach Hawthorne were our chairs with this event for it was supposed to happen in 2020. They had a, an incredible theme of an evening in Tuscany and they put so much work into this and it was a disappointment to cancel and we we waited to cancel. We, we were hoping we could have it again in 2021, but we were not able to do that. So we will start anew in 2022 with different chairs and move forward and hopefully be back in person. One thing that's kind of interesting, though, as part of the, the virtual event, is I've put together a slideshow of past Le Grand Ball 
events, and it's been so much fun. I have uh, photos from 2015 through 2019, and I try to get as many people in the community in these photos as I can. So we'll play those before and after the streamed event. So it'll be fun for people to, to get a feel of how much fun this event has been through the years and the different themes and costumes that people have worn. So it'll bring back happy memories and make you look forward to next year. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you mentioned a little bit how, how people can participate this year. Re, uh, remind me again. Okay. Uh, the, we are doing, again, everything virtually. So the best way to participate is go to our website, lamar.edu slash Ball. And that will give you an overview of the program, and we'll, you can, we would appreciate a donation if you're able to make one, but it's certainly not necessary this year. We want this event to be accessible to everyone, so we'd love for you just to tune in. But you can find the art listed there, the more information about the honorees, more information about Le Grand Ball and the Friends of the Arts. So everything you need to know is right there. That's great. Great. I, I fully expect this event to just be a... a a knock it out of the park kind of event, even though it is virtual and it's not in person. I, th- there's no doubt that this will be a fantastic event. So, uh, Kim, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, we're, we're really excited for this event and we'll, we'll see how it turns out, uh, Friday, six 30, um, online lamar.edu slash the grand ball next week. We'll be speaking with the college of engineering about some of the summer camps that will be offered this year. Summer camps last year were hosted virtually, but this year, There will be some virtual options as well as some in-person options for kids of all ages. You definitely don't want to miss out on that. I'm Daniel McLemore, Associate Director of Marketing Communications at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.